0: A podcast where I am Alexis (laughs) (laughs) and I'm Haley and uh, today you might hear some noises in the background, things are happening, yeah, ambiance, ambiance, because we have been on adventures which we've talked about a little bit. Um, But today we're actually recording in the Lizzie Borden house. On location. I wonder what we're going to talk about today. I don't know. What could it be? Salem witch trials. (laughs) O.J. Simpson. We came all the way to Massachusetts. (laughs) To be at Lizzie Borden's house where many witches probably were. Were doing yoga. Maybe. (laughs) Who can say you can. I sure can. <laughs> as far as I know, no witches. No witches here. Uh, yeah, so today I'm going to be talking about Lizzie Borden. We're going to have a couple episodes about the Borden family, and um, you're just going to have to believe us that we're in the house. We're going to take pictures. We'll show you. mm mm-hmm. um, But if you hear any creakies and any loud sounds, that's why, my dude. Yeah, I've already heard, like, three ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> They're just other people in their rooms. I mean, you say that. I don't have any evidence of that. Yeah, that's true. You didn't see them. I, I did. <laughs> one of them's kind of southern. Yeah. One of them's from California. Two of them. Two of them are from California. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, if you hear them, just consider it ghosts, too. <laughs> yeah. The, the one from the south was really polite. She's like, oh, my gosh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry. Because she opened my door on accident because there's yeah. doors between like all the rooms. Ghosts are really nice here. <laughs> so she was probably just like, what's in here? And then it was uh, me. I understand. Awkward. Uh, right. Are you ready to learn all about the Lizzie Bordens? Here we go. Yahoo. You're going to tell me. Oh, <laughs> okay. While you're in this house. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, are you mad at me? I was like, <laughs> no. Why am I here, though, Alexis? Yeah, but why? did you force me to be here? You have to tell me. Uh, so I'm going to say at the top, so everybody knows, most of my information comes from a book by Leonard Rabello, or mm-hmm. Len Rabello. People just call him Len a lot of time in the community. Lenny um called lizzie borden past and present it's basically like a composite of like um primary sources Uh basically it's a lot of like newspaper things and interview things and like records and stuff okay and then so it's good but it's hard to read (laughs) and then also um, a book called the borden murders lizzie borden and the trial of the century and it's by sarah miller Um, but so far it's super useful and uh yeah so thanks all right, here we go. And it makes it like story version, so it's much easier to read. Um yes, here we go. So, where are we, Haley? What, um, what town are we in? Uh Twin Peaks. Nope. River Falls. <laughs> Close. Uh Falls. No nope. plains. <laughs> Fall River. Yep. Uh, Which I guess from, there's another podcast I listen to called the Lizzie Borden podcast where they talk about this. Uh Um, They mostly like discuss different issues and they kind of talk about the thing as a whole. Um, Also a good source if you want to hear about it. But they talk about how, I guess it's named after, um, there was like a Native American tribe here and the word that they were using meant fall river literally, but it means waterfall. So there's a waterfall nearby. Okay. And that's why it's called that in case you're wondering, because it does sound dramatic. Yeah. Like something. Yeah. Like Twin Peaks. Like something bad (laughs) is going to happen here. And it does. So Fall River at the time um, of when Lizzie is like an adult, uh, there's like 50,000 people who live here. Okay. So decently populated. Yeah. Because that's in uh, the 19 or 1890s. So that's pretty significant for a city at the time. Um, And most of that is because over, like, her lifetime and before that, they had started producing textiles. And apparently at one point they produced 70% of the country's textiles. Ooh, people are like, you got them rugs? Yeah, you making those shirts here, boy? Got some linen. They're making 70% 70 of the nation's cloth. Oh, wow. So it's a lot. That's a lot. And it's bringing in the k for certain people. k And for other people, not so much. A lot of books, too, I wanted to say about this, it's really hard to research, kind of, because everyone's got opinions, <laughs> and they really mm-hmm. tailor their books to the opinions. Of course. And not to, you know, facts and stuff, which is what I like. Because this isn't history, this is a murder case. Yes, it's sensational. People have theories. And people sensationalize it. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the books like that I read. I would recommend um, Sarah Miller's book. Okay. Probably the most. Um, as if you just want like an overview of what's happening. You heard it here first. You heard. You heard. Whereas in Len Ribello's book, it starts, the Borden family is originally from France. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> Lenny, that's too far. And I'm just going to summarize for you real that's quick. too far They're back. They're from France. <laughs> They're real religious, like a lot. Like, like how? A, like, like a lot of them are like clergy members. Like how far back were they in France? Like she grew up in France? No. Then, hundreds of years then ago, they're not from France. <laughs> like the family's originally from France. <laughs> okay. Um, I think it's like her dad's father moves here, or his grandfather. They do that typically American thing. Where it's like we're French. Yeah, and it's like back, 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 back. Like when? <laughs> yeah, when? Fourteen hundreds. Prove it. Doesn't count. <laughs> um, but so they're really religious. They live in France, and then a whole bunch of them move to England. And then I think because of, um, Protestantism, cause I think they're Protestants and then they moved to America and basically like directly here, which mm-hmm. I think is also strange, um, that this is the first place they moved to. Cause I feel like a lot of times when you get to America, you kind of like feel it out and move around. Mm-hmm. Maybe not so much at the time, but I feel like you or some people did at least. Yeah. Maybe you need, maybe you need money to move around. Mm-hmm. That's true. But they hit here and they camp here. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I say they camp here, when Lizzie is an adult, uh, they have like 125 families in the area with the last name Borden. Oh, no. In the city. Oh, no. So they've got 50,000 people and 125 families. Not people, families. Oh, they need more people. With the name Borden. They need more people (laughs) or fewer sons. (laughs) Something. Stop doing this. Um, so Andrew Jackson Borden is oh. Lizzie's dad. Oh, well, that's not a good start. <laughs> that's not like a great start. It's not the best. Um, and he's what? born <laughs> in September 12th, uh, 1822. Okay. That's her dad. And, um, I'm just going to skip most of his life cause it's not really that important I to mean, us. It couldn't be good. If, if it's Miller, it's Jackson, and his Miller's name is Jackson. Andrew Jackson Borden. <laughs> yeah yuck hmm. and so uh he gets married i to... mean i'll just say it now he deserved it i'll just say oh, it now that's I not nice can already tell I'll say that in his house where he got murdered that's not nice it's very rude it's very presumptive of you andrew jackson borden mm-hmm. well maybe he shouldn't have been named andrew jackson borden he doesn't get a pick. He can when he's older. <laughs> he gets to change it if he wants to. You can choose your destiny, Alexis. <laughs> well, eventually you just get used to it. He d- I don't think he went by his whole name. That's true. I'm not used to being in the place where the history happened. <laughs> yeah. Like he was murdered downstairs, Haley. Yeah. Hey, settle don't down. Don't say he deserved it. He was right. He's right below us. Maybe wait, <laughs> like three minutes. <laughs> just wait a little bit while we do this. He's listening <laughs> he's right now. A ghost in here. Um, so he gets married to Lizzie's mom on Christmas Eve in 1845. Cute. Um, yeah. Cute little Christmas wedding. Um, he owned a furniture business with his partner, William M. Almy. Okay. Uh, or Almay. I've seen it both ways. And uh, at first they, like... Both invest a thousand dollars into it just of like money that they have, and that's all their total money. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're able to make it into a good business. Uh, originally, they're like delivering furniture by wheelbarrow to people's houses because <laughs> <laughs> they don't have the money to yeah. um, do it another way. And then after that, I think because they're doing mostly local business, they like the like local feel of that, so I think they keep doing that even when they can't oh, afford it's like to a, do it other ways. A fun little feature, yeah. It's like they keep, it keeps them nice and like humble feeling. Yeah. Yeah. People like that. Yeah. People are into it. Um, and most of their business is like with the city. Mm -hmm. It's like they build furniture for city hall and for firefighting, you know, um, office. Firefighting furniture. No, just like the office. Okay. And, uh. (laughs) Do they still have the police? The furniture? I don't know. Like are they historical objects? Hopefully. That would be cool. (laughs) Like you go to the fire station, they're like, and here's one of the chairs. Andrew Borden made this himself. That's like, (laughs) doubt it. Did he? (laughs) I don't think so. He delivered it here in a wheelbarrow. (laughs) By himself. Yeah. Uh, From his house. It's right over there. It's right there. I have to tell you, I was in the bathroom, Mm -hmm. right? And it says in there that you need to open the window and turn on the fan when you take a shower or else the fire alarm will go off. Mm -hmm. And then the only way to turn it off is to call the fire department (laughs) and get them to do it. And they're like, we love the fire department, but we don't need them here Mm -hmm. (laughs) every day. So please don't do that, which I think is precious. But they also had kind of like, not a side business, but like a bonus situation that they would do where, (laughs) um, they had big warehouses for their furniture. Uh And so sometimes the city would ask them if they could store bodies in there. What? Kind of in between of when they were going to be buried, um, so that they could just keep them there. And they provide, like, furniture for funerals and stuff, right? So people could, like, rent chairs and things like that. Wow, like, just double dip all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> um, you'll, sometimes you'll hear that Lizzie's dad was an undertaker, and it's like, not really. Not at least no. in the way that you're thinking about it. It's yeah. just like... The bodies just sit there. He's not touching them. He's not killing people. Because mm-hmm. um, people also—that's not what, it, by the way, not what an undertaker does. No, he doesn't kill them. No, but <laughs> but there's other people who say like you know they have images of him like in people's guts, and I'm like that's not what he did. The body's just sitting in a casket in the building. He's just doing that for fun. <laughs> that's his free time. That's not for money. <laughs> he was passion. He wouldn't do it for money. That's sick. <laughs> Disgusting. Only for hobbies. <laughs> He's gonna kill us like, kill both of us tonight <laughs> in my sleep. oh gosh uh, yikes oh, so, and he retires in 1878 but then switches basically just to selling real estate and oh. that's what he spends the rest of his time doing Good money in real estate yes very very good um I hear very good money in it and uh, his buddy uh, Almy you know his partner was doing it with him mm-hmm. like they were doing real estate together also and then when Almy dies, borden uh andrew borden buys most of the real estate that he owned that Mm -hmm. they bought together so he just purchases it outright from his estate okay so he's got a whole bunch of land it's redonkulous and they have three kids him and sarah his first wife uh emma alice and lizzie okay uh emma is the oldest she's older than lizzie by i think nine years okay or maybe like 13 it's like she's like a uh, I think she's like 9 or 10. Mm-hmm. And then um, Alice dies when she's 2 Uh-oh. of hydrocephalus. Oh, yeah. Little which hydro is baby. when you have too much uh, cerebrospinal fluid. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's too much pressure on your brain. And you die. Yeah. So, you know, not amazing doctors at the time. <laughs> not a lot. They could probably do. No. Probably not at all. And, I mean... Two or two out of three is not bad. In 1890? That's, that's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. Good for you. Um, Lizzie's born in this house. Mm. Where? I don't know. Mm. It doesn't say. <laughs> just just mm. in the house. Just somewhere. Maybe where you're sitting. Who knows? <laughs> Probably here. <laughs> Probably on this bed. <laughs> <laughs> um, And then Sarah dies Uh, when, on March 26, 1863. Um, when Lizzie is three years old. Oh, sad. Um, she died from, it's, what's written as uterine congestion. Oh. Four months disease of spine. (laughs) Okay. So whatever that Uh, means to you. Whatever the doctor meant when he wrote that down. (laughs) That's what she died from. I don't know. She's like stuffy in her, her business. Yeah. And her spine's weird. The end. Four months. I don't know what that means either. Yeah. Like she's been complaining about it for four months and then she died. The she's end. been whining like for four <laughs> months. And then she died. Um, so then three years after that, um, Andrew marries Abby, who is Lizzie's stepmother. Um People are sure to know, if they know anything about Lizzie, uh, that Lizzie famously calls her Mrs. Borden her entire life. (laughs) Yeah. She does not call her mom or mother or any of those things. Andrew, Jackson, Borden, and Abby, evil stepmother. Well, no, she calls her dad, I think, dad or father. No, I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But Abby is always Mrs. Borden. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, there's our bells. That the house is Hi. right next to a church of some kind. Yeah. It's like Saint. It's like... Uh, it's a Catholic church because there's like a rectory and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's like Saint Mary's Assembly. I mean, probably. Something seems like a pretty <laughs> Catholic thing. Yeah. To be, safe bet. Just wait. Really every day with this? Every... I mean, every hour and then this at least three times a day. Um, probably. Yeah. So if there's any like fun little twist about like someone not knowing what time something (laughs) happened that's fake because you know exactly what time it is in this house people are quite specific about what time everything happens actually Mm -hmm. like to a weird degree to me for the time period (laughs) so i mean i know exactly what time i know what time it is better right now than i do most of the time with my phone in my hand (laughs) it's six i mean now it's six oh one it's yeah it's been six for a minute that's how long they've been doing it And it won't stop. It stopped. Are they going to do the dongs? I guess not. Um, Those were the dongs. Okay, here we go. (laughs) Um, So Lizzie went to school at Morgan Street School. Okay. Which is now named Nathaniel B. Borden School. Oh, I mean, I'd be surprised if, like, half the stuff in town wasn't named after Bordens. You would assume so. If there were, like, so many Bordens around. Mm -hmm. And definitely there's, like, a discrepancy about, like, the um, wealth of individual Bordens. (laughs) Some of them are very wealthy and some of them are not. Like, Mm -hmm. Andrew's branch actually was not very wealthy until he became an adult. Yeah. Like, until he started his own business. And then they're quite wealthy. Um, I think the estimate was it's... Either three hundred to five hundred thousand dollars in that range when he died, um, which the equivalency is supposed to be between fourteen and sixty million dollars now. Mm. So they're quite rich by that time. They're pretty good, yeah. But Andrew known for being very stingy. Um, like he wouldn't install indoor plumbing
1: into uh, the house;
0: just go outside. Yeah, they, they had an outdoor outhouse outside. I mean, so did I. <laughs> We weren't rich, yep. but we did have an outhouse too. <laughs> we did live in a cabin in the woods. Uh, yep, but uh, we see, had. But to... they're in town. You, you see, you can see outside. We're in yeah. town, and um, like by this time, a lot of houses in town have indoor plumbing. Like it's not that hard to do anymore. Yeah, and he just refuses to get it because of the expense. You don't become a millionaire by pooping indoors. <laughs> you have to poop outside. <laughs> That's how it works. If we have indoor plumbing, we're going to have to call the the police. (laughs) The polite? The the, the fire department every time. Every time. Every time you poop. Look what's going to happen. We're going to have to call the fire department. Mm. Is that what you want? Is that what you want? (laughs) Is that what you want? (laughs) Um, So people talking about Lizzie when she's a child say that she's very sensitive nature, inclined to be non-communicative with new acquaintances, um, and that this characteristic has tenaciously clung onto her through all life, and has been erroneously interpreted. I mean, I'm sh- yeah, of course. Whenever you're kind of the shy kid, yeah, people will interpret your silence for you, right? Just decide what goes there. Mm-hmm. And that she, uh, they talked about this in the Lizzie Borden podcast that she just generally, before and after the murders, is just like not very good at talking to people. <laughs> Like, it's just not her forte. Yeah. And she has, like, when she's older, she has someone else do it for her, basically. Mm -hmm. Like, she, because she has real estate, too, and is doing that business. And then that she'll have someone, like, to send the message for her. Like, someone in her office. Because she just, like, is not good at it. Mm -hmm. And every time she does, people are, like, angry about it. Yes. she does it wrong. (laughs) Uh, So she'd rather just not do it. Uh, People say she wasn't a genius, but she's a pretty good student. Um, She's taking piano for a while, and then she decides she's not going to be a good musician, so she stops. Fair. Yeah. Give up if you want to. Mm -hmm. But it's hilarious, because then the next quote says, She was a girl who set up ideals and tried to reach them. And I'm like, tried. Yeah. But (laughs) couldn't sometimes. I feel you. Um, People said she never went to dances. Like, she's not a partier, at least at this time. Um, But she has a great eye for throwing a party, though. Okay, so she's just not going to like big saloon dances or whatever they do, I guess. You know, like town dances. Mm-hmm. She but she'll like host a party at her house. Sure. Um, and that she's reading all the time, constantly reading. Oh yeah, she's a quiet kid. Yeah, that's what quiet kids do. <laughs> well, let me tell you. That's they still do that. It's all I used to do. Mm-hmm. Don't talk to me. I'm reading. Um, she's also apparently sharp witted and sarcastic. They tend to be. Yes. Um, and she dropped out of high school. Which will be mildly important later. Okay, um, but whatever. Uh, her favorite historical character is Queen Elizabeth. Okay, apparently <laughs> that's what she told someone. Yeah, um, she somebody described her as secretive and church loving. Oh, which are a weird combination. Yeah, um, I mean, like a nun, I guess. Yeah, maybe. It's one of the few things I know. She was a Sunday school teacher. Yes, she used to teach Sunday school. Oh, yeah, I was going to ask you what you know. Um, oh, well. Not much. It'll come up. <laughs> um, she used to teach Sunday school. Uh, I actually have a quote about it where they say, she was given a class of rough, untutored boys and labored with them until her courage was almost gone. <laughs> <laughs> and then she was given some girls to teach. <laughs> I I completely understand. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And, she's, and not only is she, like, into religion generally, mm-hmm. but she's really into, like, the old stuff. Um, and she goes on a uh, – I don't remember how long it is. She goes on a vacation to Europe. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, for – it's, like, a cruise or something. And it's for, like, n- nine weeks, I want to say. It's a long time. Oh, yeah. Um, they had a, a little exhibit in one of the cabinets. Yeah. About her cruise. About, about her cruise. And um, that Andrew paid for, uh, her father – and um, she goes to Europe, and she's like real into it. And they it's weird because these are the things I was talking about with um Garfield that they have they put it in the paper that she oh. goes to Europe with her friends and then comes back. Oh, like they like <laughs> regularly have updates about what's going on with it's, her in it's Europe. Like when your hometown newspaper will post if you get a really good GPA in yeah, college, yeah, but more. Right, so it's like they they went on vacation, and I mean it is a pretty big deal because like it's there's not a lot of overseas travel going on at the time, um, and it's you know it's exciting. Some people can live vicariously through it, I guess. But yeah. it was strange reading newspaper articles about, like, she's coming back in three weeks. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's more like, it's weird. It's more like the Facebook of the days. It it's very strange. But, like, other people talking about what you're doing. Yeah. Which is the weirdest part. It's not me saying, hey, I'll be back. Like, she sent in a letter that said, like, I'll be back in three weeks. It was, mm-hmm. like, them talking about how she's going to come back in three weeks. Right. And it's not just her, also her friends that she's going with. But. Yeah. but um, but when she goes, yeah, they go in 1890, uh, and she brings home a giant print of the Sistine Madonna because she thinks it's just beautiful. Um, so it, and she puts it in the house, I presume. Oh, I wonder if it's here. I'm probably not. It was a print; it wasn't like the painting. So sure, sure. It might not have lasted very well. Maybe, and maybe she. I mean, probably wouldn't have like left it here. No, yeah. She would have taken it with her to Maplecroft. <laughs> um, and there's some quotes about how she, like, sews for the poor, and she's just really nice and likes to give people stuff. Yeah, she's kind of a well-to-do lady in the 1890s, you know? 1890s yeah. women stuff. You sew yeah. and bake for poor That's people. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mrs. Susan E. Handy says of <laughs> okay. her. Is uh, that even your real name? Yeah, I think so. It sounds like you're, like... I don't know, like someone that people write letters to (laughs) about etiquette. Yeah, probably. Or like how to do like crochet patterns. Yeah. Um, She said, I have been a frequent visitor of the Borden home during the last 15 years, and I never saw anybody more kind to Mr. and Mrs. Borden than Lizzie and Emma. It is outrageous that Lizzie should have been persecuted without any evidence to justify it. That's, yeah, I agree. Um, And she also mentions uh, Lizzie and her stepmother and talking about her and how much she appreciates her. Mm -hmm. Um, because And that her cool temperament is just her nature and it's not an act. Uh Oh. Regarding uh, Lizzie? Lizzie. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Because people think she's being cold to her her stepmother. Yeah. Um, Which she's very specific about. But weirdly, we'll find out she's very specific about a lot of things that are kind of unnecessary uh, and make people question her more. Um, like her dad's really rich and he's, but also like a super penny pincher, um, to the point that in something I read, they said that he limited the amount of times they could go to the doctor. Oh yeah. Of um, course. Because it costs money. So if they went too often, he was like, <laughs> you're not that sick. It's fine. Yeah. Can't afford it. Right. And it's just like, come on, dude. Really? Like you're ridiculous. They also have an argument, um, the Lizzie and Emma are both mad because Andrew buys a house for or property uh, for somebody in Abby's family and just gives it to them. Oh, what? Um, yeah, and like I, I think like it makes them pay a dollar for it or something. To okay, just, you know, just to give it to them—that's them. just a gift. Yeah, uh, legally, that's a gift. That's a gift. I've <laughs> it, heard you talk about that. It's true. In contracts, we talked about it. And um, they're just trying to defraud the government. That's what's happening. <laughs> trying to defraud. <laughs> it's fraud. Which is not surprising because it's 1890. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he basically just gives them a house. And Abby, or not Abby, um, Emma and Lizzie are pretty upset about it. And uh, to make up for it, he gets them a house and oh, gives it to them. Okay. A property that's worth, like, exactly the same amount. Well, at least he did that, I guess. Because he's, he's very, like about fairness but like very black and white fairness in that way that yeah. it's like the exact same amount the exact thing if they have it then you should have it there you go it's kind of a robot yeah he's he's a very yeah people don't describe him as a very touchy-feely kind of guy no if you're so surprised to hear i'm sure um but and remember like too we're in the victorian era so it's like <laughs> you're not yeah. supposed to be a touchy-feely yeah. guy no you're supposed to be a proper man. It's going to be about a hundred years until that happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just wait. There'll be like a little bit of a resurgence. I mean, you know, in like the, you know, 60s. Right. Uh, but yeah. Um, and Emma uh, says, I think this is in her testimony, <coughs> that they definitely ate well. So it's like, it's not like he's super stingy about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but she does admit that her dad is pretty stubborn with money and that they would eat the same thing for a few days okay like that they're buying like um they talk a lot in the podcast and in the books about mutton that they had like this mutton that they bought and then they had it for like three or four days oh like reused and reused until it's like (laughs) stew at the end you know just to throw it in with other stuff yeah that's such a poor person move right it's very yeah he's he's clinging to that old that poor person Lifestyle. Lifestyle. Right. Because I think they said that his father was like a fisherman or something like he, yeah. and he did not make a lot of money. And so I think that's what he's used to. And I think that's why he thinks he has so much money. Mm -hmm. So then he's like, well, I gotta keep doing this or else I'm gonna lose all of it. I'm like it'd be really hard for you to spend all of it, honestly. Definitely not making all my money on real estate. Especially since you're constantly making money because of your real estate. Right. And like a lot of people would get irritated with him about stuff like that. Like I read an account of this guy who was renting from him. And they gave... He was, like, giving him a pretty good deal, but then, like, insisted that he pay, like, utilities or something. Like, a very specific thing that was, like, almost nothing. Mm -hmm. Like, the cost was almost nothing. And he was like, are you you serious? Like, why do you want me to just pay this, you know, instead of all these other things? Um, And it was just, like, a little annoyance of, like, I'm being so nice except about this. And it's just like, why can't you just be nice all the way? (laughs) Yeah. Um, But he can't. He doesn't know how. Um... Or, like, that he would tell people he was going to buy their properties, even if they didn't want to sell them, and then would, like, finagle ways to do that from, like, the bank. Oh, great. Yeah, because cool. he also works at the bank. That's not good. If you're not surprised no, by that. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> um, I wouldn't be, so. Yeah, that's a thing. And he, he's kind of, like, he's a very, like, lawful dude. Like, a lawful neutral dude, you know? Like, if it's legal, it's fair. Lawful, um, selfish. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> um, okay, so we're at 19 or 18. I want to say 19 every single time. <laughs> we're in 1891 on June 24th. Um, so the murders happen in 1892. Okay. but So this is a year before. Um, someone breaks into their house. Okay. And they steal a lady's gold watch with a chain and a locket, a red Russian leather pocketbook with a lock of hair, I don't know. Uh, horse car tickets and a small sum of money. Okay. So that happens. That just happens. Crime. Crime. Um, Crime in the streets. Abby and Andrew were at their Swansea farm. They own a farm in Swansea, which we passed today when we we're oh, on our yeah. way here. Um, a decent distance. Yeah. And uh, Emma, Lizzie, and Bridget were all at the house. So Bridget's their maid. Mm-hmm. Um, and Then they were just there and didn't notice i want to say (laughs) i want to say bridget is the Kristen stewart character she is and they're super gay in the most recent movie in the new movie in the new movie that is um there are many many rumors around lizzie uh in general and um bridget is in some of them uh yeah i'm very excited i mean for this whole trip but also (laughs) for us to just go on a lizzie movie binge yeah when we get home, it'll be a good time, <laughs> and now we'll know what's right and what's wrong. Yeah, but it's still entertaining either way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the tickets that were stolen were very like special ones for Andrew because he was like important, you know, like he he worked with the horse car company. I think is this so, like a bus pass or? Um, I think it's for like horse carriages. Okay. Like, just tickets to do things. So that if anyone used those tickets, they would know. Like, because they're not normal ones. They were specially given to him. It's, like, in his name. Yeah. Okay. So everybody would know. Um, But I think as far as what I read, they did never find them. Okay. So we don't know. They just stole them and didn't use them. (laughs) Just threw them away. Whatever. Black market. But eventually, Mr. Borden tells the police that he um wants the investigation quiet and then tells them to drop the case entirely. How come? He says, apparently he tells the detective, I am afraid the police will be will not be able to find the real thief. So just don't try don't bother. okay. He seems really private. and so I think it's just like he gets annoyed with um people he's just tired in general. with their fumbling yeah he well and he has like a i think a lot of feelings about people doing hard work and correct work mm-hmm. and so like when the police are kind of bumbling and fumbling on it he's just like whatever <laughs> what what a good irony i don't care anymore he's gonna die <laughs> and they're gonna do wonderful things oh so good at the investigating <laughs> Um, uh, they probably remembered. I mean, they remembered him. They're like, okay. Yeah. Well, mm, well, take our time. Yeah, we'll do it. Um, we'll do it right. And they aren't the only family to be robbed. There's quite a few robberies reported at the same around the same time okay. around the city. Yeah, I was so going to ask. They've got a serial robber. Um, because uh and all the things that were stolen were taken out of Andrew Borden's desk. Okay. And, like all of that stuff was on or I think maybe in the desk, but I think it was all on top. Mhm. Um, but also, all of his like important paperwork and a lot of his like financial stuff is in his desk. So there's a lot of speculation about like if somebody was looking for something more specific, and if that maybe leads someone to plan to murder him, um, to try to steal his money or something. Yeah. But it's iffy. Uh, I mentioned specifically that there are other robberies because you know it's true, but also because some detectives eventually will say they think that Lizzie did it. Like, Lizzie stole the things from the house. Yeah. Um, But they say that after she's accused of murdering them, so... (laughs) Not before. No. Right, they're thinking, like, oh, she did it first. Oh, remember the last time we were here? Yeah, like, maybe she did it to make it seem like a robber came back to do Mm -hmm.
1: the murder or
0: something. And apparently, like, something I read said that those tickets eventually show up again, Mm -hmm. and that people said Lizzie gave them to them. Uh-huh. But I think that was after she got accused too. So right. none of that means anything to me. Uh, so the next year in 1892, in April, they apparently ha- are broken into of their barn multiple times. Oh, okay. They like talk to people about it in town. I don't know if they talk to the police about it, but like they at least gossip about it to their friends. Mm-hmm. And say like, oh yeah, the barn doors open again, something happened, blah, blah, blah. And um, barn thieves. And it's a few times. Yeah. Uh, and then on July 10th, uh, Andrew contacts his brother-in-law, um, John Morse, I think is his name. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's In, inventor of Morse code. No, <laughs> um, it's actually weird though too because this is not his current brother-in-law. This is his uh, widow, wife, brother-in-law. He's like ex. Yeah, sort I don't of. know what happens. Uh huh. Because <laughs> I guess like, is it over? Because she's dead. Uh, <laughs> this is, I don't, it's his kid's no mother's brother. Yeah. It's not Abby's brother. Um, and he's apparently going to come into town because Andrew asked for help with, uh, getting some helping hands at Swansea farm. Okay. He needs some people there and he knows that John knows people. I think John's from like Iowa. Oh. So it's a trip. That's a trip. Yeah. Which is why he asks in July and then on, I think August. August 3rd or 2nd, um, he just shows up unannounced. Because he was like, cool, I'll come when I can. Hey! And then he's here. (laughs) Uh, Because, yeah, you can't really, there's not a lot of quick ways to tell people. No. Communicate easily and about how long things are going to take you. (laughs) They can't, like, send you a quick text. No, or even call you, really. Um, Send a pigeon. Yeah, Yeah, maybe a telegram. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe. Tell, gram me. I doubt. <laughs> Send me a gram. Tag me on the gram. But I doubt he can even do that because <laughs> Andrew's probably stu- too stingy to have, a you know, any way to do it. I mean, don't you pay when you're the sender? I have no idea. But he's not going to have one that where they could use it. John specifically says he knows a guy who could work at the farm and Andrew says I'd like to meet him first before we just hire him which is not surprising so he's like cool well Um, how many murders has he done i'll show up we'll talk and we'll figure out if that guy's gonna work for you or not um and so on august 2nd mr and mrs borden bridget and lizzie all get sick okay stomach sick um and lizzie and abby specifically tell multiple people they've been poisoned okay (laughs) like that's what they think happened um it's probably just food poisoning. Probably all that rotten <laughs> mutton. It's actually not the mutton. Um, it's the next terrible thing because they eat the mutton like before. They're finished with the mutton before that happens. Uh huh. So it's whatever they eat after the mutton. Oh great! But um, he's like, see, this is why we eat mutton mm, every day, every day. But uh, yeah, they get sick. Um, Emma doesn't get sick. I'm not sure why. I don't know. If she's gone or what? Huh. And. Um, This is the day before John shows up, so he's not there to get sick. Um, Abby goes to the doctor with, like, they have a doctor who lives across the street, Mm -hmm. Dr. Bowen. And uh, they go to the doctor, and people see him and, or Andrew and Dr. Bowen fighting in front of the house, the Borden house, um, the day before. And apparently uh, Andrew was just mad because Dr. Bowen had come to check on Abby and he was like, "She's fine. Leave her alone." But okay. like I said earlier, he doesn't want them talking to the doctor if they don't have to. You're gonna charge me for this, exactly. So I think he's mostly just like, "Go away," because he thinks Doctor Bowen's is trying to get more money out mm-hmm. of him. So he's like, "Leave us alone. We're fine." Yeah. And I'm like, he's probably just being nice. Like, or he's trying to murder his family, or he's gonna kill you. <laughs> now that you said that, he's gonna kill you. He's gonna kill you. Some people think it was Doctor Bowen. I mean, why? Yeah. Why not? Why not? He was around. He was there. Um, he had means. Yeah. Whatever. Oh, Ooh, I love we hear ghosts. <laughs> um. Oh, so Lizzie is supposed to go on a trip with her friends, right? They're going on some sort of trip. Um, she's talking to one of her friends the night before, and she tells them that she doesn't think that she sh- she's gonna go, um, because she's depressed. Okay, not she said sick. she's just like no. Okay. She says she's, like, really sad and doesn't feel like she could properly, like, talk to people right now. Okay. Because it's going to be a lot of socializing, and she just, like, is, she knows people are going to ask her what's wrong, and she doesn't want to talk about it. So, fair. Completely fair. Fair. <laughs> it's happened to us all. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, I don't want to go. Um, and so she's going to stay home. And uh, then the next day, um, everybody's going about their business as normal. Emma is on a trip. She's gone out okay. of town. Okay. Staying with the family. And John says that he wakes up in the morning. He sees Andrew. Um, Andrew says, like, oh, I'll see you later um, for lunch. And John's going to go visit some family that's in town. Um, and Andrew's d- going to do- go do some work. So he gets dressed to go f- to work. He goes into the bank, I think, for a few hours, um, doing some business in the morning. And then he comes back uh, and he takes a nap on the couch downstairs. Uh, Andrew does? Yes. He, like, folds up his jacket and uses it as a pillow and is going to sleep. hmm Um, and, uh, so that's what he's up to. <laughs> and that's uh, the last thing he's And there you go. Up to. Um, Abby, uh, a few people see Abby in the morning, mm-hmm. and she, uh is, like, doing routine housework. She's, like, folding things. I think a lot of it's about John specifically since they didn't know he was going to be coming exactly at that time. Yeah. So she's, like, prepping the guest room properly for him (laughs) and things like that. Had to get sheets on the bed. And, like, make sure they've got food. And she's supposed to go into town and buy some meat for them for dinner because they probably don't have enough. The Um, other one was poisoned. I think they said that they go shopping, like, every day yeah i mean you kind of have to because yeah. refrigeration isn't like a thing they do have a refrigerator or they have a cold box okay they so have... they have something they kind of store but like yeah eh. right but that's why too like a lot of people don't think it was the mutton because they bought it like a couple days before and they had a cold box so they're like it's probably not the yeah. meat um it's probably something else that they did wrong <laughs> to their food right um so yeah abby's doing chores and everything um bridget wakes up they're made. She's washing windows, and then she. Um, the Viper. She's still not feeling well. Like mm-hmm. she's she was sick the other day, and she says she's still really tired from it. And so she tells Lizzie, who's also downstairs, that she's gonna go upstairs and take a nap. Okay. Um. And so Lizzie's like, cool. Lizzie, uh, says that she woke up and she had work to do that day. She puts on a work dress, and she goes downstairs. She's supposed to iron handkerchiefs. <laughs> and mend them. Okay. That's her job for yeah. the day. Um, but the, the her iron's taking a long time to heat up, so she starts reading a magazine. She sees her dad come back inside and take a nap. Um, and But she gets bored of her magazine. She goes to check the hot irons. They're still not hot. And so she's just kind of like trying to think of what she could do. And she says she doesn't know why she thinks of this, but she decides to go to the barn and look for uh, what she calls sinkers, mm-hmm. um, which are just pieces of metal. To use uh, when you fish. Yeah. To keep the uh, line underwater. Fishing weights. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So she's going to look for sinkers. So is this the barn that's just like out back by the parking Mm -hmm. lot? Okay. By the parking lot, yes. Yeah. Or it's always been. The parking lot barn? (laughs) Yes. So just right outside. Um, But she leaves. She like latches the door shut. She goes outside. She says she, um, while she's out there, she looks for a little bit. And then she sees, like, the pear tree, and it's super ripe, and she's hungry, and so she goes and gets some pears, and is eating pears, and just chilling. And then she goes um, back into the barn, and she's just kind of sitting and thinking. And then she looks for sinkers again, and she's not finding too many things out there that would be useful. And then she hears a noise uh, in the house, and she says, it sounds like a scrape or a groan mm mm-hmm. um, Or maybe both. She doesn't know. A sound. There's a sound. And so she's like, what is that? And she runs up to the house. Um, the back door is unlatched now. Uh, and she goes inside and she finds her father, who is now dead. <laughs> um, Super dead. He has been hit with a hatchet in the face several times. Um, his left eye is split through. Um, very dead. Yeah. I think he was still bleeding at this point. Uh-huh. But, like, it's just coming out of the wound. It's not like... It's not... Yeah. He's not alive. He's not, like, there. No. They... Like, you can look up pictures of it if you want. <laughs> um, his his head is caved in. Yeah. So it's pretty clear that he's already dead. He took a hatchet to the face while he was sleeping. Mm-hmm. Just... I mean, you and can... And... You can figure it out. Um, that's There's the famous song about Lizzie killing her parents, <laughs> um, which is... A, there's so many disasters happening outside right now. Y'all on the East Coast need to chill out. Yeah, we just hear sirens constantly here. Um, But the song, it goes, Lizzie Borden took an axe, gave her mother 40 wax When she saw what she had done, gave her father 41. Um, Which is an incredible exaggeration. (laughs) (laughs) They think that uh, Andrew was hit Ten times maybe in the face. Yeah, you would have to be incredibly incensed to do forty one on 41. him is what they say. Um, and that that's to ta ra ra boom die is apparently what they sang it to. Okay. Um, that's that tune. But uh yeah, so she finds him in there, his face is caved in, she's like yikes, you know. That's a choice. That's happening. Hmm. Um, and so she screams. Bridget hears her upstairs. Bridget is on the third floor. Um, So she's a floor above us, I think, from where we are right now. Mm -hmm. Um, She hears that, runs downstairs as fast as she can. Um, And she's like, Lizzie, what's wrong? Um, She says, here, I have quotes now for specifically what they say. It's very important. Quotes. She, so Lizzie says she calls for Maggie. They call Bridget Maggie. That's her nickname. Oh, okay. Um, from what I read, it seems that their previous maid was named Maggie. Oh. So I don't know if it counts as a nickname. I think that's just, you can't learn the name of your new maid. <laughs> so they also call her Maggie. They, they named the one before that Maggie, too. Mm-hmm. They're all just Maggie. Yeah, that's the, their job title, Maggie. <laughs> They're Maggie's. Um, and she says she was barely asleep, Bridget. Uh, when the shouting woke her up, um, and she runs downstairs, she says, "What is the matter?" Uh, and Lizzie just says, "Come down quick." Um, um just come here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was like, "What do you say?" Um, um, my dad's face is caved in. <laughs> She's gonna be like, "What?" Um, uh, so Bridget runs down the stairs, and when she gets there, she sees Lizzie, her backs against the screen door. She's like, as far like away from him as she can be. Yeah is not surprising and um she and she said she looks like she's about to run out of the house and i'm like sure Mm -hmm. um and lizzie says go get dr bowen as soon as you can uh i think father is hurt uh i think so too (laughs) yes i think you might be right Uh uh-huh and uh bridget goes towards the sitting room um to see what's the matter because she knew he was there too and uh, Lizzie says, oh, Maggie, don't go in. No, don't. Uh, <laughs> don't look at that. I've got to have a doctor quick. Go over. Uh, I've got to have the doctor. So she's... And, I mean, and here's the point where you can start seeing things either way. Yeah. Like, perhaps she doesn't want her to go in there because she's going to find something, or perhaps she doesn't want to go in there to spare her from seeing her <laughs> boss with his face caved <laughs> in. Yeah. There are many options. Mm-hmm. Um and like maybe Lizzie thinks that he might be able to live. I can't imagine that she does. No. But also, like you're supposed to have a doctor declare people dead anyway. Yeah. And it's just like it's not the worst person to go to first, uh, especially because he lives across the street. It's and it's a better first instinct than call the popo. Mm-hmm. I think if you are innocent, it's hard to say. I guess. So Bridget runs across Second Street. Uh, and rings the door, the bell violently, it says. (laughs) Hello. um, At Dr. uh, Bowen's door, only to have Mrs. Bowen come out and tell her, um, that he's out making house calls. Sorry. Oh, of course. Doctor's not here.
1: Freaking doctors.
0: And there were some things about, like, maybe Dr. Bowen is at the same house John Morse is, or that he got called to that house. I, okay. That her uncle's visiting at, which is strange. Is Um, he, or just... That's a rumor? Like, I had, I think one of the sources said that. So, it's possible? It might, he might not have been at, at that specific house at that time, because he's making calls all over. They both killed him, and then they ran. And then they ran to this place for alibis together. Yeah, and like, like I said earlier, John is out with relatives. Um, so he has an alibi mm-hmm. for when he's questioned later. Wink, 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 wink. hmm Bridget says, Miss Lizzie, where was you? About where was she when the uh, incident happened? And the, or sorry, where was she at that moment? Because Bridget comes back to the house to tell her Dr. Bowen's not there. Um, she says, didn't I leave the screen door hooked? Because she's saying, I thought I hooked the door when I left. Mm-hmm. Um, so why is it unhooked now? And Lizzie says, I was out in the backyard and heard a groan and came in and the screen door was wide open. I mean, didn't she come out through the screen door? Bridget? I mean, both of them. I don't think Bridget left through the screen door. Okay. So I think as far as Bridget knew, the door was closed last time she saw it. Okay. And so she says that if, basically, like, her next instruction for her to, Bridget, to leave and go get someone is to go get her friend, Alice Russell. Um, Because at this point, she's just, like, wants someone there to comfort her. Mm -hmm. She just wants her best friend there. So she's like, hey, can you go get my friend, uh, please? Uh, She says, go and get her. I can't be alone in the house. Okay. Um, Even though her leaving will leave her alone in the house. (laughs) Yeah, like... At this point, it's weird you're not calling cops. Yeah, I mean, maybe she just hasn't really thought about it. I don't know. Yep, hard to say. <laughs> so she's alone in there. The front door is locked with three locks, so nobody can enter or exit that way. You have to okay. have key. Which one is the screen door? Is it the side door or the front door? Uh, the side door, I think. Okay. Yeah. And uh, the quote from the book says, No one intent on harming her father could have gotten in that way, and anyone who might still be lurking inside could not possibly escape without her notice now okay so she's by the door the only door that anyone could get out of Mm -hmm. uh if if there's someone in the house um just like the front door right now it's locked and we can't get through it (laughs) great they told us and if there is someone in the house you're gonna get murdered too (laughs) yeah there you go good plan um so lizzie is waiting for alice and for Bridget to get back with alice uh when she hears someone say lizzie what's the matter um, and that is Mrs. Adelaide Churchill who lives across, or she, she lives next door. Uh, she's a widow and she's just like checking on her cause she seems like she's having a problem. Mm-hmm. She can see her through the window and she looks really stressed out. So she's like, what's going on? People are really nosy. They, they don't have anything <laughs> else to do. They don't have do. television. They have, Lizzie was so bored. <laughs> she just went into the barn and looked at fish weights. Yeah. That's what she did. And, and ate sat, pairs. And sat there. Yep. Apparently. Um, and I guess uh, Adelaide saw Bridget running across mm-hmm. the street when she was coming in with her groceries, and so she set them down, and then that's when she sees Lizzie like, looking upset, and so then she's like, uh-oh, something weird's going on. Usually you don't see women running across the street in their dresses <laughs> frantically. So they're like, what's happening? Um, and she goes in. She says, uh, Liz, this is a famous line from Lizzie. They, they repeat this a lot. This was what I was talking to you about where people, everyone knows this if so they know anything about the Bordens. Um and it's oh Miss Churchill, do come over. Somebody has killed father. <laughs> That's fair. It's right. One should always be polite. Somebody has killed father. Um and she said, Oh, Lizzie, where is your father? Um and she says, in the sitting room. Uh and Mrs. Churchill doesn't go in. <laughs> she asks, uh, where was you when it happened? Mm-hmm. Uh and she says, I went to the barn to get a piece of iron. Which is sure. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's what you said. Yeah. Um, And this is all I forgot to say in the morning. Okay. Like daylight, Mm -hmm. time, which also seems weird because people see them earlier in the day, like three, not three hours before this happens. And then supposedly, you know, someone sneaks in and kills them to where Bridget doesn't hear them, even though she's upstairs asleep. Uh, Yeah. So just things to think about. That it's daytime, so it's harder to sneak. Um, So Bridget gets to Alice's house, and she's like, Lizzie wants to see you. And then she's like, oh, are they worse? Because she knew they were sick (laughs) the other day. Some of them are. (laughs) Yeah. She knew they were sick the other day. And, like, not knowing what to say, Bridget's just like, yeah, (laughs) please come over. Yeah. Because she's worried that they're, like, having some sort of, like, you know, they're going to die from some illness. And it's like, nope, you're wrong. They will not. And as, they get, as Bridget gets back, Alice has to change her clothes. <laughs> she's going to get into an outside dress. Um, and uh, when she gets back, Dr. Bowen is getting out of his carriage in front of his house. And she's like, oh, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, doctor, get over here. And I guess his wife, too, was like, go over there right now. <laughs> They've been calling for you. Because once again, they were sick the other day. And so he's like, oh, they're probably sick again. Mm-hmm. And he goes inside and he asks Lizzie, like, what's going on? What's the matter, Lizzie? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, gosh. He's sick again. She has to be bored of that by now. <laughs> um, Why don't you smile more? Yeah, what's going on? <laughs> uh, and she says she's afraid that her father has been stabbed or hurt. Uh-huh. And um, Dr. Bone's like, what? Because he just assumed it was an illness. And so he's like, uh, I'm sorry, what? Because I don't think he can help as much with stab wounds. <laughs> he's not a very good doctor. I don't... I mean... Definitely not once he sees him. He's like, uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, and so he... He asks, has there been anybody here? Like, any intruder or anything? And she says, not that she knows of. And Dr. Bowen says, where is he? And she's... Uh, Lizzie, like, points that he's in the sitting room over there. Mm-hmm. Um... And when he walks in, he sees Lizzie's father. He's sideways. Like I said, the left side of his face is so smashed in that Dr. Bowen can't recognize him. <laughs> it's pretty bad. <coughs> um, it's pretty good. Yeah. And his left eye is in half. Yeah. So. Cool. Um, which is interesting because later, um, we've talked about this a little bit about phrenology. Mm-hmm. Um, and people suggest that for Andrew. Um, like trying to figure out what the last thing is that he saw. Oh, sure. But because of the way that his <laughs> eye is cut in half, uh-huh. um, they're pretty sure that he was asleep when it happened mm. because his eyes are forward, like this, instead of up. Like they're not looking at a person. Ah, uh, I see. They are straight. So they're like, I'm pretty sure he was asleep. Mm-hmm. So that's not helpful. So, Dr. Bowen says when he gets in the room, he sees Andrew, he's like, Whoa, this is a lot more than I thought it was mm-hmm. going to be. I thought he was throwing up or something. I thought he just was sick. Yeah. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> and I wasn't <laughs> super excited to be here because he yelled at me yesterday, but <laughs> I'm willing to do it because people were freaking out. And uh, he says, Instead of immediately trying to check on him like a doctor should, that he was thinking as a policeman, and he immediately starts looking for clues in the room. Uh, and then, but nothing seems out of the ordinary. Everything seems pretty regular, mm-hmm. besides the fact that he's dead. Um, so then he goes back to being a doctor. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and he checks his pulse, and it's not there. <laughs> it sounds like he's just showing off in his, uh, <laughs> in, his testimony. in his testimony. Yeah, he uh, he's for like, a moment I became a cop, I was like, oh man. I've inspiration and he finds nothing so why would you even mention it i yeah. mean if you found something it'd be different but he finds nothing i was so innocent i checked <laughs> for clues immediately definitely um and he checks his pulse like i said but he doesn't have one and uh <laughs> can you imagine oh damn he has a pulse <laughs> <laughs> be pretty bad um but he's still warm so it was recent yeah so alice arrives and uh, she tells Lizzie to sit in a chair. And she and Mrs. Russell, or not Mrs. Russell, Mrs. Um, Churchill, they like pat her face with like a wet washcloth because she's hot, because she's stressed out, and like hold her hand. Um, I guess eventually she like lays her head on Alice's shoulder um, and they're like comforting her. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very cute. And then Lizzie says, um, Will somebody find Mrs. Borden? And then all of them realize they don't know where Abby is. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. That she hasn't been here this whole time. Uh Uh-oh. And then they ask Lizzie when's the last time she saw Abby. Mm -hmm. And she says she saw her in the morning um, and that Abby mentioned that she got a note from a friend that they were sick and she was going to go visit someone who was sick in the afternoon um, when she went to buy the meat for the night. Okay. So she's going to go out on her errand and also just visit someone like a nice Victorian lady would who's sick to check up on him. But then they were like, well, did she leave or was she still here? Uh, And Lizzie says, I think she came in. That she thinks she heard her come in the house? And then later she says she might be out. I don't know. Um, And I'm like, those are the two options, in or out. (laughs) I don't, you don't know. (laughs) We're not sure. Um, And they're kind of like, Okay, well, then she might not be here. And Lizzie basically says, like, I wish someone would check. Please, like, can you could, just, you just, could you just check? Could you just check the house? Because mm-hmm. Lizzie doesn't want to go. Yeah. Um, she's having a bad day. So... <laughs> I don't want to do anything a today. A really bad day. And so um, they decide that Bridget and Mrs. Churchill are going to go search the house. Alice is going to stay with Lizzie. And Dr. Bowen is still looking at... Um, clues looking at clues <laughs> looking at Andrew <laughs> what an idiot um however Bridget does not want to go upstairs mm-hmm. um because she in order to go upstairs she has to go past uh Andrew's body mm. yeah so she's like oh, I, re- I really don't <laughs> want to do that that is a fun feature when we were coming in to check in <laughs> you do have to go right by the uh couch you do to get to the ch- the stairs yep and so she does really doesn't want to go and like, you can't even, like, <laughs> just kind of go through another door. You cannot. The doors are, like, both on one side of the room. Yes. It's and impossible so, uh, to get away from. <laughs> yeah. So she doesn't want to go, and so she tells Dr. Bo- or she says, says Dr. Bowen that she doesn't want to. She's like, oh, I don't want to. And then Dr. Bowen says, let's cover <laughs> him up with a sheet. Can you imagine, like, I don't want to. Uh, I can't do that. Um, they're like, ooh, ooh, someone's getting fired. <laughs> uh, Maggie? Maggie. Maggie Four? Like, My name's Bridget. She's <laughs> Maggie Four. The fourth Maggie. Um, and Dr. Bowen says, like, let's get a sheet and we'll put it over him. So, That'll you, go, fix. so you don't have to see him. <laughs> it's because it's her womanly sensibilities, Haley. She's just such a, such a Maggie. And so uh, she such a maggie so uh, maggie 4 why do we suffer why must you be this maggie 2 would never have done this <laughs> maggie 2 was so much she Matter. died at her job <laughs> but uh, she doesn't want to go and then he's like let's get a sheet and then she's like cuz the sheets are upstairs too <laughs> so stupid men don't know where sheets can't go can't do that and, well and and they're like upstairs where she can get to them but they're locked um like I think there's a room that's locked in the way cuz like you have to in this house you have to go through a lot of rooms to get to other rooms yeah um there's a locked door in the way of her being able to get to the sheets. Okay. And the key to that room is also in the sitting room. Mm. So she's like, oh, I can't do that. Can't do it, fam. And so Dr. Bowen's like, don't worry. And he goes in and he gets the key and he gives it to Bridget. And then she goes and gets a sheet. And then he gives she gives the sheet to him <laughs> to put over yeah. Andrew so that they can go upstairs. Like, at this point, you just do it. <laughs> Dr. Bowen, go upstairs. You do it. He's like, <laughs> no. No, I have to look at the body. I got to look for clues. And so, uh, they go upstairs. (laughs) Finally. (laughs) And Lizzie asks Dr. Bowen if he can send a telegram to Emma. Okay. Um, that he's going to have to leave the house to do. And she's, Uh, like, out of state? Out of town? How far? She's at least out of town. I don't think she's out of state. Okay. Um, she's staying with, like, a family, but it's, like, you know. Just sleepover. A distance away. I think she's there for, like, a weekend or something. Like, for a few days, at least. Mm -hmm. And, uh... She asks if he can send that telegram and then says, oh, but can you be, like, delicate about it? (laughs) Because she doesn't want to say, like, hey, your father got hit in the face with a hatchet Uh, many, many times. Father feeling underweather. Yeah. Come soon. And she specifically says the woman that Emma's staying with Mm -hmm. is old, and she's worried that she'll, like, have a heart attack if she hears that. yeah. And so she's like, can you just say he's really sick or something? Um." And so Dr. Bone's like, sure, yeah, no problem. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And when he's leaving the house is when the police arrive. Mm -hmm. Seemingly no one has called the police, as far as I can tell. Mm. Um, But they have heard about commotion, and so they are here now. They got bored, too. (laughs) They're like, I don't care. There's, like, all these thefts going on around town. They're like, I heard some women were causing a ruckus (laughs) over at the Borden house. Um, Should we just go check it out? Okay. So one of the people who shows up is Charles Sawyer, who's one of their neighbors from A Few Doors Down. What an American name. Charles Sawyer. Charles Sawyer. (laughs) It's true. Um, And Bowen's not going to let them in until Sawyer identifies his companion, who is a burly, pork-faced man. (laughs) Not pig-faced. Pork-faced. You can hear him sizzle. Mm, Tasty. Delicious. Um, And... He's dressed in ordinary clothes, um, but he he is Officer George Allen from the Fall River Police Department. Wear your clothes, pig. Why aren't you wearing your <laughs> uniform? Wear your clothes, pig. Mr. Piggyface. <laughs> um There's a reason he's not wearing his uniform. Is he a spy? Uh oh, I should say Bowen says, all right, come in then. <laughs> if he must. He sounds like he's mad. He's like, I was doing fine. Come right in. Collecting clues. Uh, and before they come inside, uh, the officer at the door deputizes Mr. Sawyer. Mm- I guess you can just do that okay. if you want, whenever. Police is so different. <laughs> and he just puts him at the screen door and says, don't let anyone come in. Do you want to be a cop, son? Only police officers can come in. So that's our line of defense between <laughs> random civilians who have already been coming in. Knights him with a toothpick. You are now, There <laughs> Here Judy. you go. Uh, this is all happening while Bridget and uh, Mrs. Churchill are upstairs. Okay. Are on their way upstairs. So then Alan goes with Dr. Bowen to the sitting room to see Mr. Borden mm-hmm. and is like, yikes. Ooh. Yeah, that's a crime. And Bowen tells the police, you go down and tell the marshal all about it. Go and get police as fast as you can. <laughs> He's like, but I'm police. He's like, get better policemen here. Police. <laughs> but I'm a police. I didn't even know who you were, okay? <laughs> go get somebody I know. And so then Bridget and Mrs. Churchill are going upstairs, and they find Abby Borden, who is also dead. <laughs> she has been hit with a hatchet as well. Uh, what, where in the house... Uh, she's in the guest room upstairs. Oh well. Oh, so she like in the middle of doing sheets or something. I think she might have been in this room next to us. Oh, um, because they say you can see her from the staircase. Oh, which is interesting because earlier Bridget ran down the stairs from above us uh-huh. down to uh, the sitting room, and she would have passed that room. I mean, maybe she just wasn't looking maybe she didn't notice because she was being yelled for frantically Mm -hmm. um and she and i don't remember i think the timeline puts that uh mrs borden is probably killed when bridget is upstairs but it might have been when bridget is downstairs too Mm -hmm. so she might have already been dead when bridget was going to take her nap so but she didn't notice yeah But this time, when they're looking for her, they come up the stairs, and they can see before they even get to the top of the stairs (laughs) that she's on the ground in a pool of blood. Yeah, I'm no cop, but that's another crime. Hmm, I think these might be related. (laughs) That looks like crime number two. (laughs) And uh, Mrs. Churchill just runs back downstairs. Vomits right over the side of the stairs. Um, And she says, oh, Mrs. Borden. And Alice Russell says, is there another? And Mrs. Churchill says, yes, they've killed her too. And so Lizzie um, throws herself on a green-striped lounge at the end of the room, you know, like very dramatic Victorian fainting lady fashion. Yeah, of course. Um, If ever there's a time (laughs) when one should throw themselves on a chaise lounge. (laughs) It is when both of your parents are dead in your house Um, and they've been murdered. Uh, So like you said earlier about police, you know, like why is he in his plain clothes? And why is he deputizing someone instead of just calling people? Um, The reason is this is the same day that the police are having like a big police retreat that they do every year on on, the same day. They're all on vacation. Um, They on uh, this is all on August 4th when all this is happening. Uh, It happened to be on the same day as the annual policeman excursion to a popular amusement park. Oh, my God. At eight in the morning, a number of officers and their families boarded the steamer Mount Hope, uh, bound for Rocky Point in Warwick, Rhode Island. We actually drove past Warwick. Mm. Um, Or, like, at least roads that lead to Warwick. Yeah. Um, And on the shores of the Narragansett, Narragansett Bay... They could partake in theater, vaudeville shows, music, dancing, a Ferris wheel, a toboggan run, and various outdoor sports. Well, isn't that just dandy for them? And the ferry wouldn't return until 4.15 that evening. (laughs) Wow. uh, Great intel if someone was, for instance, wanting to commit a double homicide on any... Day, But everyone knows this in town. It's an annual thing. I bet you it's in the paper. I bet they talk about it for weeks in the paper. Yeah. Hey, everyone, get ready for the day when all the cops are gone. Remember when they're all going to be out of town at the same time? (laughs) Why would it possibly be a bad idea to tell people this in the paper? I'm losing it, dude. What? Dude, him deputizing the guy at the door and then this. That guy at the door probably did it. (laughs) He was the murderer. (laughs) Oh, no. I mean. he's like, yes, now I'm a policeman. If these cops are, like, as bad as they sound, it's probably the guy at the door. So there are varying accounts on the percentage of policemen that are gone. (laughs) Some people say it was 80%. Oh, my God. Some people say it was a majority. I mean, okay. Um, Some people say it was half. (laughs) Those are all vaguely the same thing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but it's a lot. <laughs> it's most of them. Okay. Most of them are gone. And then the other ones are probably, you know, doing other stuff. Yeah. They don't have time. And once again, they weren't even called. So they weren't called. The they one- just showed up. They just kind of ambled there. Um. Okay. So the guy in the door, that's Sawyer. Is that a difference? Yes. Okay. And then the other- all-American And then murderer. Alan is yeah. the other officer, I think. Alan, that's his last name, Um, and so eventually more policemen get there, (laughs) like the other five that are in town. (laughs) Um, Five. And they search the barn, they search the yard, the cellar, the attics, virtually anywhere that they could think of, and then they're interviewing Lizzie, right? Mm -hmm. And they ask her, did you see anyone around here? And they specifically ask her, is there any Portuguese working on the farm over the river for your father? Uh, Any immigrants? Time to be racist against Mm. the Portuguese. Any brown people? (laughs) Any not super white people? Any Catholic Portuguese people? (laughs) Any Catholics? (laughs) Any filthy Catholics? And I have a quote um, to give you an idea around the time (laughs) about how they're dealing with Portuguese who live in the city. I love that it's Catholics because we we were kind of discussing this. Um, in the airport, I forget we were talking about Mm -hmm. this, that, like, there's always some immigrant... People that yeah. America doesn't like. Yep, but they do tend to be Catholic. Yeah, it's very they true. Do, they do tend to be Catholic. They are often Catholic. <laughs> uh, this is the first time I've ever heard specifically about Portuguese people too. Apparently, a lot of Portuguese people lived here, and I had no idea. Right, and they still have like a lot of Portuguese restaurants. Yeah, so they're still here. Yeah, good for you. Good for you. Anyway, uh one Portuguese man was brought into the police station on the day of the murders for withdrawing his life savings. Uh, of about $60, which is about $1,500 from the bank. That's like, a, that's a crime. That's illegal. You can't just take your money out of the bank. You can't be Catholic and take money out of the bank. It's like maybe he needs to buy, maybe he's moving. What? There are reasons. Um, another was reported uh, for asking for directions to New York, reported to the police. Mm-hmm. Like, did you hear he's trying to go to New York? <laughs> oh, he's That's illegal. Exceedingly white Protestants being like, this man, Catholic, asked for directions. That Portuguese Catholic asked how to get to New York City? He was fleeing. I bet he's the one who's been stealing everything. Fleeing the scene. With all of our riches. If he was stealing all the stuff, why would he need to take out all his money? Also, that was like, oh, these are two different guys. Yeah, but like, same same argument. Sure. That was like, and this was also like a year ago that that was happening, so people are probably not that worried about it anymore. Um, it's at this point, when the police are swarming the house, that John Morse returns. The uncle comes in the door and says, for God's sake, how, <laughs> how did this happen? I left for, like, an hour. <laughs> Uh, three hours. I left for Three hours. That's almost a body an hour. Yep. Hello. Come on. <laughs> it's not a good ratio. <laughs> or a great ratio, depending. <laughs> or a really good ratio. Um, so, uh, like I said earlier, he had seen Andrew and he had invited him back for lunch to have um, once he was done with his visit. And, uh, that didn't happen. He's like, I came back for lunch. Yeah, and now he's dead. Now all these cops are here. Time to skedaddle. Um, and then Lizzie starts, uh, she goes upstairs, and she's talking to Alice, and she starts talking about undertakers Mm -hmm. for, uh, the parents. Sure. Um, which, you know, some people think is suspicious. I'm like, (sighs) eh. It doesn't really mean that much to me. Like, when people are dead, you kind of just got to do what you do, You got to do. Yeah. Grief and shock works in weird ways. People's minds yeah. do stuff. And a lot of times I think people get into um, work mode that you just, yeah. like, focus on what you can do exactly. instead of how upset you are. Because yeah. it's like, I can't do anything right now, so yep. what can I do? I can focus on what the next Focus step on is. the planning for what mm-hmm. I have to do and, like, kind of steel yourself for that. And then you can be upset later. Yeah. (laughs) And like I said, already she's been very upset. Kind of like fainting couch situation. People have been doting on her because she looks really sad. Oh, time for bells again. (laughs) Oh, also Lizzie goes upstairs and uh, goes into Emma's room, which is the room we're in. Yeah, we're in Emma's room right now. Because um, it is... Uh, easier to get away from people. It is. That's why we're recording in it. Yeah, there's less doors, <laughs> so it's easier to hide in here. Uh, it used to be Lizzie's room. They had switched a few years before this happened um, because Lizzie wanted more space, and Emma said that was fine because uh, usually Emma would have a larger room because she was older. Mm-hmm. But uh, Emma allowed her to have the bigger room, and the only yeah the only unfortunate thing is that into Lizzie's room three doors open, there's, and into Emma's yeah. there's only one. That's where all the all the ghosts were coming through yes. that room. <laughs> so that's uh, like the book said like what she gave up or what she gets in space she gives up in privacy. Yeah, and uh, so right now she wants privacy, so she goes to Emma's room, and I think they shared this closet that we have in here next to us, mm-hmm. and um, which has a depth of about four inches. Yeah, it's tiny. Um, but she changes her dress and she was wearing like, um, a blue dress, like a work dress for the house. And now that she's kind of like not caught up in the panic of what's happening and she's thinking about what's going on. I think she realizes she's not in appropriate outfit for people to see her Mm -hmm. because no one's really meant to see her in that dress. Sure. And so she gets into like a pink and white striped dress. Okay. Um, to change into. That they said it's kind of like a robe almost, it's like it ties in the front and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Closed, um, but it is like a nicer dress for her to wear, a more appropriate for the situation <laughs> for hosting company. Which, um, they say the point, uh, in the book that like that seems weird, right? Like, I mean, it's either maybe a weird thing to do, she's either like covering up a couple blood spots mm-hmm. or she's just in shock and she wants to try to reset her headspace and i mean nobody has noticed anything on her dress previously she's seen like yeah eight people by now Mm -hmm. and um she's not the only one who changes her dress alice changed her dress before she came over yeah and bridget changes her dress while lizzie changes her dress people have a lot of different like dresses and yeah well and in victorian times too people will change their outfit multiple times a day especially women yeah so it's like if you it's were, just a thing people like, do. If you were at home and you were wearing like your grungy like sweats or something, yeah. Like, and then suddenly there's a whole bunch of people over. You're like maybe I should put on a bra, right? Like maybe I shouldn't look gross, <laughs> right? And well, and like in Victorian times, it's like so much appearance is so much more important, yeah, to everyone. It, like it is seen as part of politeness. Yeah, you can't like just to like, an extreme. You can't just shrug off and be like, you know what, it's my house. So I'm gonna wear sweats if I want. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Not if you have this many people over. No. There's no way. And she talks about to Alice that she's worried because there is a bucket in the basement filled with blood stained oh. rags. Oh.
1: And oh. she's worried that the
0: police are gonna get the wrong idea. What, what, what blood is it stained with? Uh, she's menstruating right now. Okay. And they don't have plumbing. Mm-hmm. And um, so she just goes down to the basement and like, I don't know, <laughs> rinses herself <laughs> off. Uh yeah. Pats herself down and then goes back upstairs. Fair. That's what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think maybe that's part of, too, why they're irritated that their dad won't get indoor plumbing. Yeah. Because he doesn't have to deal he with that. He doesn't understand. Right. He's like, why do you need plumbing? And like, I don't know if, I'm assuming Abby doesn't have um, menopause when he marries her, but she definitely does by this time. Mm -hmm. So she doesn't really care. And like, Emma almost does. Like, she's in her, like, she's getting to middle-aged. So she's probably going to start having menopause pretty soon. Mm -hmm. So mostly just Lizzie being like, really? Really? Um, And Lizzie's in her 30s, her early 30s, and is not married. Mm -hmm. And she's never even really had a boyfriend, um, which is a big thing later. About people's feelings about oh, her. Oh, yeah, because she's, like, spinster. And- yes, she is a spinster. Her and Emma. Because Emma's, like like I said, like nine years older than her. Mm-hmm. So Emma's, in, I think it's, like, Lizzie's, like, 31 and Emma's, like, 39 mm-hmm. right now. And they're both unmarried? Both unmarried. Never yeah. And never married. They're not widows. They're not um, divorced. Nothing. It's almost like when you have money, you don't need to be married. Weird. And if you have independence and agency, you don't. Need to be owned by a man Mm, all the time. Interesting. Hmm. Nah, single women are dangerous. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, so that's why she's worried about the blood cloths. Yeah. (laughs) Which is fair. Cops aren't gonna get it. (laughs) They're all men. And it's not like they can do a DNA test. No. Um, I mean, but they know women business, at least of some amount. Hopefully. Hopefully. Uh. That'd be an awkward trial. (laughs) Yeah. Like, all the, like, women in the... He's like, mm. No, it's... She just has her period. And <laughs> someone goes up and whispers in the judge's ear. It's like, mm, gonna dismiss this. Hmm, yeah. Seven right, evidence. Right. I've been... Although, what a good way to hide your crimes um, if you weren't menstruating. Yeah. You're like, uh... Oh, it's lady business. It's, <laughs> it's my lady murder business. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, um... They also go through Lizzie's clothing mm-hmm. and they find a dress that she has that has a small blood stain on it. I, mean, I think it's like a white dress. Of course um, it's a white dress. And well, and she says it's because of her menstruating. Yeah. I mean, as soon as you're like, it's a white dress, I'm like, of course. Yeah. <laughs> of course it is. That's why I don't own any white pants. <laughs> just, just, just in case. As soon as I buy one. As soon as you put them on, you're cursed. Yeah. <laughs> I would never buy it. Why would you do this? Never. Um, so she goes downstairs in, in her new dress. Um, she says that her head is aching. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Dr. Bowen, he's there, her doctor. Oh, yeah. And he's, so he's uh, on a case. He's not going home. He gives her some bromocaffeine which is uh, essentially aspirin, um, to help calm her nerves and blunt her pain. Mm-hmm. Um, He will later prescribe her heavier things that um, (laughs) will be an issue, Uh potentially. uh, That's pretty mild for, like, you just saw a couple dead bodies shock. I mean, all she says is that her head hurts. Yeah. So I guess that's all he's giving her right then. Uh, And she's still talking to the police, so maybe he's worried about that. Mm -hmm. Because he's an investigator, Dr. Bowen. (laughs) He's taking it serious. So Assistant Marshal Fleet is there talking to Lizzie. He asks Lizzie, uh, has your father or mother? And Lizzie interrupts him and says, she is not my mother. Mm-hmm. She's my stepmother. My own mother is dead. And I'm just saying both your mothers are dead. So <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to be picky about it. Yeah. Um, but it's stuff like that where people are like, hmm. Mm. That's a weird time to be picky about it, Lizzie. It's a weird time to have a little outburst. And it's it's weird too because, like I said earlier, people asked her about her mother, and multiple times when she she just answered, she didn't correct them. Mm-hmm. She just said what she knew about Abby. Yeah. And then now that she's like gone upstairs and like talked about the Undertaker and changed her outfit, like that she's kind of snapped out of her like her yeah mental panic fog. Or whatever. Yeah. That now <clears throat> she's like that's not my mom. Yeah. She's my stepmother. Um, and I think this is the point where people start being like, "Ooh, she's real cold about this, isn't she? Mm-hmm. Like she, you're like she's dead upstairs, and you're like, she's my stepmom, not my mom, <laughs> not my real mom, <laughs> she's not my real mom." <laughs> I also want to say though, like my sisters, uh, my dad is their stepdad, right? Um, because they have a different dad, and then my mom got remarried to my dad. And when I was young, I remember. Uh, one of my sisters, uh, heard one of my other sisters call my dad dad, and they always called him Phil, it's my dad's name, and uh, and she got upset that mm-hmm. my other sister was calling him dad and was like that's not our dad, and then like <laughs> you know threw a fit about it, um, so I do think like because Lizzie is so young when her mother dies she's only like three years old mm-hmm. that she like feels like she has to defend her somehow like that people are automatically going to think abby's her mom and that like she's kind of clinging to the idea of her mom because she didn't know her mom yeah whereas like emma was a teenager when their mother died and she just calls abby like mother Mm -hmm. because she's just like well she's my mother now um so i do i don't think that's like a weird thing i think that's just a like i don't know She's just being a teenager for everything. You're not my real mom. Yeah, depends on what their relationship was like, too. Mm -hmm. Because also it doesn't sound like Emma's around as much. Maybe she has more of a life. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. She often is visiting people Mm -hmm. and not getting sick. Yeah. Suspicious. (laughs) Oh, and so I have a quote from uh, the policeman who's interviewing her about this. And we're going to end it here for this portion Of our journey. Our porpoise. And he says... Uh, Lizzie stood by the foot of the bed, this is in his notes, mm-hmm. and talked in the most calm and collected manner. Her whole bearing was more remarkable under the circumstances. There was not the least indication of agitation, no sign of sorrow or grief, no lamentation of the heart, no comment on the horror of the crime, and no expression of a wish that the criminal be caught. All this and something that, to me, is indescribable gave birth to a thought that was most revolting. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. And hmm. Uh, from the book uh, hmm. from Sarah, I have a quote that says, Right then and there, with no more evidence than that, Lizzie Borden became the prime suspect. <laughs> I mean, you should really look into family members first. but uh, You should. You should look at everything. And Emma has an alibi, and John has an alibi, and Bridget has an alibi. Mm-hmm. So that really leaves Lizzie. So I get it in that way. <laughs> yeah. But it sounds like... More so, he's wondering about that just because she's not, I don't know, like, very expressly expressing grief in the way that he thinks she should be. And also, like, what about the help? Yeah. Who was in the house alone with him? Mm. mm. I mean, with both of them. I mean, just Bridget. Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. But she was thinking now. Was she? That's a good question. <laughs> Sure, don't have any witnesses to it. I mean, when Lizzie calls her, she runs downstairs. So she was upstairs when Lizzie got back in the house. Yep. <laughs> I'm just. I'm not. I'm <laughs> yeah. not making any arguments. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, just saying, as a cop, weird to not like look any further. Yeah, and and I do think at this point it becomes centered upon Lizzie. Yeah. That all the evidence they're looking for is anything that will point at her specifically. Yeah. Which just isn't good police work. That's no. not what you're supposed to do. It's like giving up. You're supposed to find all the evidence you can and then decide from that point who it could be. Especially because at this point, I think it's that guy who is just in the doorway. <laughs> Who's was just hanging around. He wasn't just hanging around. he They saw people. <laughs> yeah, at the scene of the crime, which he returned to. I think there were also people outside, like, because they live right across the street from, like, vendors. Like, yeah. People who sold newspapers and stuff. So I think they just saw a lot of commotion and then saw a policeman and were like, hey. And, like, a church and stuff. Yeah, so they were like, what's going on over there? Check it out. Like I said, people are very nosy. People are so bored. Um, but, yeah, so that's the summary of the crimes for you and uh we'll talk more about it next time <gasps> N- next time uh buh-bye. bye bye